There's a place. Out where the fake news is muffled. Past the point where politicians get silent. Where facts don't care about your feelings. Where PC is DOA. This is that place. Welcome to the last stop on the right. As Queen Hippolyta of the Amazons <laughs> okay. told Typhoid Mary, <laughs> when W. Fard Muhammad infected Riyadh with the coronavirus. <laughs> Great moments in medical science. The last pod be the best pod. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I, you know, when you think about it, Queen Hippolyta had a, had a very deep baritone right there. <laughs> the last pod is the best pod, yo. <laughs> well, you know. Welcome, my friends, to the last pod on the right here at laststoponthewright.com. And, of course, through the good people at America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio. Dot net. Uh, actually, we've been doing some work with them lately. Uh, they've got some. They've got some cool new sounders and, and drops that you. Next time you get a chance, you check out some of the other programs on KLRN. They've got some. They're they're upping the production value, and it's uh, it's excellent. <laughs> For their shows, why? not ours. I was gonna say this why? is this is still a, a rolling <laughs> dumpster had, fire. They but. looked at our standard and went, "Oh well, we got to at you least do what? better than that." We sound way too much like those guys. I am Ben Crystal. I'm Mike Abel, and uh, we're gonna we're flying by the seat of our pants this week, my friends. Here at Last Pot on the Right, primarily because why not? Under the circumstances, yes, everything is happening so fast. The turnover of I was going to say news, but more like media speculation, in some cases, deliberate disinformation has gotten to such a rapid clip that it's almost impossible to prepare any kind of meaningful pre-preparation. You know, I can't script. Right. We can't script this program the day before we air. <laughs> no, the news uh, cycle kind of moves a little no, swiftly. The thing is with the coronavirus. I know. Uh, because in some, you have the democratic media complex and you, we certainly got to look at where their loyalties lie and, and they're not with you, my friends, uh, has their hysteria. They've whipped themselves into such a frenzy. And in some cases we now have major Democrat party politicians, leaders, Hillary Clinton is one, uh, you know, you've got CNN doing it all the time now where they are literally repeating Chinese communist regime authored talking points as fast as the chai comms can churn them out. Right. I mean, you literally have Hillary Clinton. She got caught this week tweeting something and specifically about how she didn't feel that the Trump administration was being honest about X, Y, or Z. And somebody did a little research, and it was almost verbatim something that the Xinhua News Agency, which is the chai state, that's Pravda of China. Right. Okay, if you remember Pravda from Moscow back in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Xinhua is, that's China's Pravda. They are the state age, and nearly word for word. <laughs> you know, and, and under normal circumstances, well, that's just a bad coincidence. But when you consider what the Democrat Party has become, uh, I absolutely believe that Hillary did copy that and retweet it. I, they are doing the bidding of the bad guys at this point. That they are. I mean, if you're going to have a conversation, my friends, and we've got stuff to go through, we'll get to it in a minute here. If you're going to have a conversation in the middle of all this, where you feel like it's important to ask the president whether or not referring to the virus's country and or region of origin is racist, you are not only not helping, you are a hindrance. You are literally, the delays caused by what you're doing may in fact endanger American lives. Right. 
All right. So that having been said, because we're getting into all of it here, let me quickly remind you, if you want to check us out uh, more of our stuff, you can go to laststoponthewright.com. Email links are in there. You just email us right through the site. If you're like the hog and you gotta, you're going to blow us up with stuff. Right. Hog's got some thoughts. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, you can do that through the site. Also, of course, we're available on Facebook. There is a Last Stop on the Right Facebook group. We welcome you to join it. I, it's not one of those ones where you have to like apply. Right. You know, yeah. you like join and somebody has to approve you. Just come on in. Even if you're a complete left-wing troll, you'll get hammered. I wouldn't envy the treatment you will receive in such a place, <laughs> but you are welcome to come by if you think you got a little. If your stones are feeling hefty, come on in. If your stones are feeling hefty. Also, nice. we are on Twitter. You see how I did that there? <laughs> Twitter at last stop OTR. That's at last stop OTR. Real quick, Mike, let's crack open the dumpster and take a look at stinking up the joint this week. All right. Well, as if you shouldn't be surprised, any surprise at no, all. No, I know. Uh, living the COVID-19 life. Upside, inside out, living the la vida COVID. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. I'm sorry. Uh, we're gonna I'm be... okay with not doing a good Ricky Martin impression. I'm going to be all right with that. Uh, we're taking the Chinese side. Well, somebody is. Somebody is. Somebody is. Uh, remember the Democrats? <laughs> they actually, they they're still, uh, ostensibly, one or two of them are still running for president. Yes, they are. In theory. And, uh, hey, and yeah, some NFL news. Big movement in the I league mean, this week. You know, dang. everything else that's going on, the NFL's doing, still doing business. Football is still our favorite thing here at the last pot on the right. Yes, and it's crazy season for football. It is. Uh, free agents know, going everywhere. Baseball and... has their hot stove league, you know, and that's the winter time when all the deals get done. This is, that's what's happening, right? We're coming up on the draft, and the NFL, there were big moves this week. Yep. The end of the we'll get to it at the end of the podcast. Right. I know some people that are listening, like for example, my mother, do not care. <laughs> so we'll leave it for the end. So we put it at the end and she say, Okay, mom, early. we're gonna talk about football now and then she can turn it off. Bye. Thank you. For uh, but like for example, the hog had some thoughts about football. We're gonna get into it. So he's yeah, you're gonna have to I'm sorry, Hog, you have to wait. Uh and and last stop OGP Hut. He's in a happy mood right uh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. He He's in a happy mood, and we'll tell you why. He's in a happy mood in about 45 minutes. Okay, uh, first things first. Calling it the Chinese virus is no more racist than calling Lyme disease Lyme disease, unless you think that calling Lyme disease is racist against the residents of a quaint pastoral Connecticut village. <laughs> It's named for Ly- Old Lyme, Connecticut. I'd, I mean, I'm fairly certain the people of Old Lyme, Connecticut have suffered under the yoke of racist association with disease long enough. Hey, hey, how about Rocky Mountain spotted fever? Uh, now, That's a you, whole damn chunk of the country. If you live in the Rocky Mountains, you have been you have been oppressified. Absolutely, you have been oppressificated. But the man has been keeping you down for decades. How dare they? It's. It's not that that is a topic that needs to be delved into. Of course, it's stupid. If you are, at, if you are even, and I've seen it from, you know, you see it on the social media, be like, oh, I got president, you know, the Democrats, because they all, once they come out with the talking points, you go to social media and find your favorite Democrats, and every single one of them is saying exactly the same thing. Right. And when, I guess it was CNN that let off. When CNN, which I think reasonably could be called the Chinese News Network at this point, mm-hmm. um, they are actively assisting the Chinese propaganda effort. Because guess who else is complaining about it? Who's that? The Chai Coms. 
It's like I said at the beginning of the program, though. If you are in any way focused on the racist overtones of identifying a disease by its country and or region of origin, you're not only not helping, you are slowing, you're, you're, you're the stick in the spokes. You are, you are as valuable as boobs on a bull. Yep. You are literally slowing it down just by doing that. Because any second that's being spent addressing your crap you're obviously partisan, probably Chinese communist scripted, ridiculous attack points, then you are, you are counterproductive at best. And in a situation like this, anybody that's counterproductive, as far as I'm concerned, you're an enemy of the republic. Absolutely. They could be making this turn into the Spanish flu. They're, oh, well, they're oh, hoping for that. Uh, oh, wait. There's You've never, another. I know. I, I, how racist is dude, that? Dude, you can't say Spanish flu. I know. <laughs> you know, here's a fun fact about the Spanish flu. Do you know why? Here's a little note, side note for you kids, a little trivia for you here from the last pot on the right, because your buddy Ben cares about expanding your knowledge. In fact, the Spanish flu is not called the Spanish flu because it originated in Spain. The Spanish flu is called the Spanish flu because it originated in the battlefields of World War One, and because of wartime censorship, they didn't want to talk about it. The countries who were actually at war did not want to talk about this virulent disease that appeared to be cropping up in the trenches. Spain was not in that war. They did not have wartime spe- censorship, so they talked about the cases of this new version of the flu that were going around. Uh, so everybody thinks it's they started. Now, they were just the first ones to talk, to openly talk about it. Right. It originated in the trenches of World War One in Europe. Right. And then it came to Fort Riley, Kansas. Yes, it did. And then by the time it was over, there was literally nowhere left on the planet you could escape it. Nope. People in Nome, Alaska got it. Mm-hmm. And getting to Nome now is a trick. Can you imagine what getting to Nome in 19, 1919? Yeah, 100 years ago. Well, it involved, at the very least, more than one boat ride. <laughs> or a couple of sled dogs. Well, you know what they say about boat rides, though. I mean, Christ. I'm never get. I'm not trying to say anything <laughs> negative about the cruise ship. <laughs> Me I, either. One of my favorite vacations in my entire life. My entire, my parents took my entire family on an Alaskan cruise. I have never had so much fun. It was beginning, we were on there for 10 days. It was so much fun. It was ridiculous. I am never getting on a cruise ship again. (laughs) Nope. I didn't get a sniffle on that cruise ship, by the way. I can't say there was, I didn't hear anybody getting a sniffle. Everybody was fine. We got on the boat. We got off the boat. We got on the boat. We got off the boat. We left. No problems. However. I'm never getting on a cruise ship. No, I will. uh, I'm going to take a hard floating death barge. You know, uh, I'll speak of, you know, things that asides related to this coronavirus nonsense. uh, Lovely of this to hit right at the beginning of spring in the South. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Now, yeah. And for those of you who we, the last pond on the right comes to you from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, If you've never been here this time of year, every year, uh, imagine if the snow fell and it was yellow, just a light dusting of snow. We went outside one winter morning and there was just a light dusting of snow on everything, but it was like a, a kind of a fluorescent yellow. That's what Savannah looks like from about now until about early June. Yeah, it's just pollen. pollen. No, yeah, it's just pollen. I personally am fortunate enough. I'm not allergic to the pollen, <laughs> but a whole bunch of people are. Uh, so now you've got is it you know, people go outside and like and they sneeze. Of course, everybody like, oh around them looks at them like, "Oh my God, oh you're my God. it's typhoid, Mary!" Holy crap! But it's you know it's you can't go. You go outside now and you sneeze because you're allergic to pollen. You you have to worry like, did my you know you see your neighbor sneeze or something? 
my wife, she'll go out there and she's she gets a little sneezy. Right. And be like, does she is that allergies or does she have like the Chinese murder flu? <laughs> you know, I have no idea what's going on. Was that pollen or was that uh, you know, Mao's revenge? Right. All right. Now um putting the asides aside. I had a conversation, as you know, and those of you, you know, who listen to the podcast, which is pretty much like four people and my mom, I speak frequently with my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she has, when she first started saying this to me, I was like, okay, mom. Because, you know, mom, yeah, they're a little older than the rest of us. So, you know, they tend to kind of, you know, they get all the emails and stuff like, oh my God, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? And a lot of times it's stuff that got kind of hyped and wasn't really true. And, you know, I'll straighten around on that. When she first started saying this to me, I thought it was one of those. Right. Now I'm not so sure. My mother is convinced that this disease was bioengineered by the Chinese government. And what we are seeing is a test run for uh, a bioweapon attack on the world. And when she first said that to me, I thought that was maybe not zipped up in a crazy suit, but it was definitely pulling on its crazy pants. Right. Now I'm not so sure, dude. This is starting to... Did you ever read the Stephen King book, The Stand? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this is starting to remind me of that. Now, I'm not so certain that the Chinese deliberately released it in an effort. I here's what I think might have happened. I think the Chinese were screwing around with some bioweapons in a bioweapon facility. And kids, if you don't think the U.S. does that too, then <laughs> I got some bad news for you. We do. Everybody does. Right. Every major right. country that has a major defense budget right. has a facility somewhere dedicated to bioweapons, dedicated to chemical weapons, all the stuff that nobody's ever supposed to use again. I can promise you, everybody has them available. Right. Whether they're researching them for defensive purposes or not, I can promise you, whether it's at Fort Detrick or Fort Meade or somewhere out in the Dugway Proving Grounds of Utah, there is a facility somewhere in the United States where they are doing exactly the same thing. Right. However, in this case, Chinese, now you remember the communists can't do anything right. They can do things big, but they can't do them well. So you know that whatever their laboratory facility was, security was not as good as they'd hoped it could be because it's, that's the nature of communism. When everybody is essentially a slave to the state, anybody, people do, you know, your, your primary goal is not, you know, it's not adulation or wealth or success or anything like that because it's not allowed unless you're handpicked by the party. So people kind of, they let, they let crap slide. Right. That's why everything made in the communist world is garbage. You're going to get your five bucks a month whether you turn out the best Trabant or one that barely runs. Right. My guess is they were messing around in a bioweapons facility with something and it got out. Whether it was uh, a dude that cleans the floors who picked it up, didn't know it, walked out the building, you know, with it stuck to the bottom of his shoe or, um, you know, lunch escaped before it could be eaten. You know, they're, you know, they're, they seem to be oddly excited about things like, you know, monkey brains and bat soup. So that could have happened. Chilled monkey brains. They, they, they eat the, and you know, it's to them, it's food. And I'm not going to criticize them for this. Right. You eat whatever the hell you want. You know, you want to eat bats, then eat bats. Fine. I think it's disgusting, but the problem is in a place like China where they have like these wet markets with the snakes and the bats and the pigs and everything else in cages right out there. You just walk in and grab what you want. There's no hygiene, again, because in the communist world, things like that get skipped. Right. 
things like when everybody except for the people selected by the party to be successful is living hand to mouth and in fear all the time, then things that can't corners that can get cut, get cut. Yeah, the health department probably doesn't go by the market very often. I'm going to guess that the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Their health rating is rather low. <laughs> they don't po- They don't have to post it out front. Yes. You know, you know, in the U.S., if you get a, whatever your health rate has to be posted prominently in the restaurant. Yep. In, in, in communist countries, if there is a health inspection... <laughs> Uh, it does I mean, not have to be put. Yeah, no, you probably just like they call and asked. Uh, hello, is is Russian health department? Is restaurant still clean? Uh, da. Okay, sure. certificate in mail. I mean, I bet sure. you it doesn't take much more than that. So in China, same thing, same Man, thing. I bet if they get a hundred, though, that damn thing goes here's, on the wall. Here's the. Um, <laughs> they pay for it. Yeah. You know. It's like an online course. You take a picture of a clean spot in your kitchen and send, oh, okay, you guys look good. Uh, here is the thing, though. Whether they did this on, and again, assuming that this is a bioweapons project of the Chaikom regime, assuming that, and again, whether or not it was a deliberate release, whether it, they said, hey, let's do a test project. She, my mom also would, says that the Chinese presence in places like Egypt and Italy right now is not a relief effort, but it's they're doing field study. They want to see how their project is working. Right. Now, whether or not, again, whether or not any of that's true, and it, I'll tell you what, it is more increasingly easy to believe it. Right. And it's not like the Chinese are going to tell us the truth. Uh, what has happened is that a bioengineered virus starting in China, has been released upon the world. You can't put this genie back in the bottle, kids. And this is not, whatever their motives, even if their motives were totally, you know, well, as, as pure as they could be under the circumstances, it really was just a janitor caught the sniffles at the wrong time and walked and went home and went shopping that weekend and next thing you know, it's all over the place. It doesn't matter how it really started. What does matter is what you have here is a perfect example of why a I know it seems like a stretch. Electing people like Bernie Sanders would be a disaster for the whole planet. The Chinese communists have obviously total control of their own country, and they have influence in other places. If if that ideology were to take over the world, which would what be what a Democrat being elected president of the United States would mean, because the Democrats are now communists. If you put these people in charge, you will get stuff like this over and over and over again because this is what communism does. It makes big, huge things badly and people die. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you make the state the religion and you make it so that only the people who have been selected by the boss, bosses, get to even think about having a fun future. Everything that can be cut gets cut. Because I can tell you right now, if I am a slave of the state, which is what happens in a Bernie Sanders America, which is what is happening in China, which is what happened in the Soviet Union, the hell if I'm going to give 110% at work. Right. In return for, and I already know this, a chance to stand in a bread line. Take a look at Venezuela. You think the people that go into work in Venezuela in state-owned factories enslaved by a homicidal regime are out there going, man, I, I take pride in, in making, I don't know, whatever the hell I'm being ordered to make by the government. Right. You know, 
you don't think that filters into other aspects of industry? Right. I mean, if you're if you're a, a you know, if you're the janitor at the bioweapons facility, you don't you mop the floor, you leave. Right. Now, if you're a janitor at a bioweapons facility who knows that if he if he's lucky, he'll get five bucks a month. If he's lucky, his kids will survive. If he's lucky, the state won't decide that he took too long a look at something they didn't want him to see and wax him, or he spoke to the wrong guy and they kill them both. There's, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna be in there going, I'm in here taking pride in my work. You're going, I am doing this so that I don't die. Right. Do the minimum effort and get home. This is how things break down. And look what happens to people that try and, and gum up the works. The Chinese doctor who first told us that the Chinese government was lying about coronavirus is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by the way, also what happens in a communist world, this is what will happen if the Democrats win this fall. As they've already told us, they intend for communism to be the future of America. Uh, the other problem is not only do things that matter get skipped, causing people to die. They, uh, if you point that out, then they kill you. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a situation here where what we have in coronavirus is not a lesson in, I mean, it's a lesson in how quickly viruses can spread, and it's a lesson in how incredibly bad hygiene is, like all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is also a lesson in this is what the world will be like everywhere if the communists take control. You put Bernie Sanders in charge of the other biggest dog on the block. Now you have two communist nations that dominate essentially the entire geopolitical sphere. You're putting, you're going to be creating a situation where there is nowhere in the world you can go to be safe from the government. Right. And your number one enemy will be the government. Now, that having been said, kids, you're not helping by hoarding toilet paper, (laughs) and hamburger. (laughs) And the other crap. I mean, it's like, God, we're like sheep, man. What is it that you said last week? A person can be smart. People are dumb. Yep, that's exactly right. A person can be smart. People are dumb. Uh, Well, I mean, and it's not just those things. Pasta. No pasta. I know. I know, right? No pasta. I bought the last box of spaghetti in the entire grocery store yesterday. I felt like I I felt like I should get an Olympic medal for it. I mean, granted, I understand, you know, that stuff's not gonna go bad, but the meat. What the hell? That what what the hell? Why are you I mean I was in the grocery store yesterday, like I said. I grabbed that box of spaghetti and felt like I should get a trophy when I was leaving. I was like, I have the last box of spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Um there was no chicken, no pork, no beef. At all. Even the weird crap at the one end of the case, you know, where they have like the pig knuckles and stuff. <laughs> gone. Gone. The chicken necks were gone. People. Cows, chickens, and pigs outnumber people practically. I mean, they're, and trust me when I tell you, the Ch- chickens absolutely do. The livestock farms, which supply the meat to the grocery store that you hoarded out of livestock products yesterday, are still functioning. Okay, so it's not like they, you know, you, you, coronavirus does not mean that there are no more pigs, chickens, or cows, and, and you know, right. ducks or whatever, lamb, sheep. All of that stuff is just as available now and will be just as available in a week as it was two weeks ago. 
because the same number of chickens, cows, and pigs are available for slaughter. They're going to keep working. So if you're freaking out and buying 14 tons of hamburger at the grocery store, next week when you go to the grocery store, there's going to be 14 tons more. Right. It's not until they make the trucks get off the road that stuff like that, because it's being constantly produced. It's not like with the TP where everybody freaks out, buys all of the toilet paper, and your paper companies are going, uh, we did not have, I think it was International Paper said this week, we did not have a contingency for everybody losing their damn minds because CNN is, is now using the Chinese government's talking points as actual news. Right. We didn't have a contingency plan for that. So, you know, that takes longer. Steak, you want a steak? Well, the grocery store is out of steak. Give me an hour, said the, says the meat processor. I can, you go out to Kansas right now, okay, and, and like the cargo factory in uh, Dodge City. Mm-hmm. On one side, they have the facility, the processing facility. Um, and you go right down the main highway through there. One side of the street, processing facility. Other side of the street is cows as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're still there. Well, not those cows. Last time I was there, I'm sure those cows have, have already been eaten. <laughs> they, they've, been, they've been hoarded by coronavirus, folks. But yes, tens of thousands of cows. Oh yeah, Fa- I mean that's just one town. That's just one stockyard. And in Dodge City, Kansas, is by no means that's not even the biggest stockyard in Kansas. Right. The people, it's, you're not helping. By feeding into this, you're not helping. By believing when they tell you that you'd bloody well better start stocking up on extraneous crap, you're not helping. I mean, what else were they out of? You know, it's, and you go through there. And by the way, I couldn't help but notice, but all, all the vegan crap is still available. <laughs> so if you want the plant burger, you can grab those. You won't. You won't. You won't have to fight me off. I noticed uh, uh, potatoes were another item gone. Which again. Really, people? Have you ever seen what a potato farm looks like? Do you know how many potatoes they produce? Oh, yeah. So many. I mean, so many. Yes. Potato is one of the easiest things in the world to grow. Some version of a potato grows in virtually every soil on the planet. Everywhere. You can go to northern Maine, northern Idaho. Potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. You can also alternatively go to Fiji, and it's sweet potatoes, but it's the same damn thing. You can go to to South Georgia. Yep, potatoes. I mean, red potatoes. I mean, if you got dirt, you can have potatoes. Yep, you can have potatoes. So stop doing that. Stop. Stop being stupid, people. Come on. When you listen to these people, whether it's the guys on CNN trying to derail the relief effort with nonsensical questions about the you know racist implications of calling it the Chinese. Of course, I've got to I've got to point out. You can see here at the last part on the right, we're all about honesty. Hmm. Yeah, I have to point out that Trump is being Trump. Oh, of course. Because the moment they decided that they'd rather talk about the name of the bloody disease as opposed to how to deal with it, what did Trump do? He's China's is it China China virus China virus China virus China virus oh, yeah. China virus China virus and you know he's doing it on purpose because he's Trump and that's what he does right but uh, I will also I mean it's the reality though is that I think there's you, you can laugh at it a little bit because the hysteria has outpaced the disease by rather a wide margin at this point far more people are absolutely terrified than will ever even meet somebody that got it right you know and again look at the numbers because you I know you told me about the numbers again this morning. 
yeah, or at least with Georgia. How many cases in Georgia? Uh, as of noon today, Saturday. 500. 504. Okay, 500 cases in Georgia. We are in a uh, couple of weeks into this. How many, I wonder how many flu cases there were in Georgia last year. Yeah, this that's time. a good question, too. I guarantee you it was a much higher number. Mm-hmm. Much higher. By possibly an order of magnitude. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this is what we're going to do. Um, a lot of places are closing down. You know, you look around at different states. And California stand is trying to lock down the state. New, good. New York. I find it fascinating that all the places that are locking down are the places that until two weeks ago were not only wide open for business, but you could you could dig a tunnel from Tijuana into San Diego and they'd be like, oh, you're, you're here, fine. We're a sanctuary state. Right. So you'll notice that the states that are getting hit hardest, and hey, kids, notice a little medical research or a little medical understanding for you here. The states that flouted immigration law that made a practice of not only welcoming illegal aliens and anybody else, but encouraging them to violate federal law and get there as quickly as possible, first states that have to go to lockdown because they are overrun. Yep. Because that's what happens when you do when you do stupid crap. When you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> now they're like, oh, we're going to ban on, on public gatherings. So your response now, having... Uh, told everyone in the world that you have a a all-is-allowed policy, a blanket immunity for anybody violating essentially any immigration law. Now you're like, now nah, you can't get together and talk about it. Like, oh, just now, huh? Well, you guys are right on top of things. No flies on <laughs> California stands leadership. Just in the nick of time. Uh, of course, San Francisco is... Yeah, I don't even know if you can get coronavirus there. And would you even notice if you had it? Because if you live in San Francisco, the home of of the streets of poo and needles, you probably, I'm sure your symptoms from the hepatitis you got, probably you wouldn't even know you have (laughs) coronavirus. Ain't ain't that the truth? (laughs) I like the, they're also doing the thing now where they're telling in the major cities, of course, it's the Democrat-controlled cities. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, I think it was, I know New York is doing it. Cops are not even going to answer basic calls now. Okay. Yeah, they're so busy that uh, with all this stuff that like if burglary or whatever, it's like don't even bother calling because they're not going to answer the call. Uh. Like, so okay, you're going to enforce a rule that gets so close because you're like shelter in place or whatever, and, and if you're out, we're going to arrest you. And I'm like, you're going to enforce a rule that gets so close to violating the First Amendment, people's right to peaceably assemble, right. and your right to go outside. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to do that. They're going to enforce, but it, you know the home invasions. Those are cool. Yeah. So you can knock over a 7-Eleven and nobody cares. Yeah, well, but if you take the dog for a walk to the end of the street, they're going to call out the SWAT team. Well, if I'm breaking into the house, I'm actually going into the house, so I wouldn't be violating well, being Well, I would presume anymore. you, I mean, once you have gotten all, <laughs> once you've filled the sack with silver, you, you're going to want to go to your fence, right? You don't want to sit in the house. <laughs> I mean, you, there's no point in robbing a house and staying there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, guy comes who lives there comes home, dude, burglar's in there, he's feet up, watching the TV. He's like, hey, man, I was robbing you, but uh, they said I can't leave, so, you know. They said the shelter in place. Yeah, so now, hey, you know, bonus, okay, downside, I robbed, I was robbing your house. Upside, hey, new roommate, and you get to keep your stuff, because I'm not allowed to leave either. <laughs> but seriously, though, like. And you, I ordered pizza. Yeah, you can knock over a 7-Eleven. And get away with it. Right. But if you decide you want to, you know, stroll over to the park, they're, they're going to roll the SWAT team out in a tank. Yeah. Because that's the real threat. Good job, guys. 
We got to hear from, uh, but you know, that's the Democrats who actually have some power. Uh, I, there is a, no universe, and I got to say this because she's been very active lately. I told you about Hillary Clinton with almost certainly copying and pasting uh, a tweet from the Chinese government. Right. Of course, they're still attacking Trump because that's constructive stuff. But she's being taken quite seriously. You know, you got people out there like that. And I'm sitting here going, you know, when we're facing a grave international crisis, whatever its roots might be, I I know the first person I I would turn to is a bitter old lady who's the biggest loser in presidential politics since William Jennings Bryan. (laughs) Like, you know, I've got this situation going on. Let's talk to Hillary. (laughs) She's a three-time loser. Let's hear what she's got to say. (laughs) When I think we've got to confront a major medical health crisis that threatens everyone on the planet, the first person I think of is not the bitter old back down the street who can't win an election. Right. I'm telling you, there's no reason. I would never even consult her. And I'm putting partisanship aside. If Hillary Clinton was, uh, if it was Elizabeth, I'm thinking of like a senior conservative stateswoman. If it was Elizabeth Dole, I wouldn't ask her either. And she was the Secretary of Health at one point. Right. I don't need help from people like that. If I, it's conservative, Democrat, liberal, communist, whatever, put it aside for a second and think, when you're listening to someone tell you about whatever's happening or say to you, this is about to happen, Consider who they are and what their sources are, or their sources might be. If Hillary Clinton is telling you what's coming up or needs to be done, think about who that is. There is no universe in which I, in which anybody is going to be enlightened in any meaningful way by anything Hillary Clinton has to say. And that really extends to all of the Democrat media complex and most of the GOP as well. Listen, if you're not a doctor, if you're not a medical professional on the coronavirus response team or, you know, in the federal government serving in a role that is directly dealing with this, there is no way I want to hear from you. Because there's no way you're gonna have anything to tell me. Come on, man. You know, you know when Sean Penn's on CNN, you love it. That would boy, that was a moment. <laughs> There's still. I was uh, I was on Twitter this morning. Uh, Tater boy Brian Stelter, who is probably the biggest joke in media at this point. You know, now that the 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 shine is off the the wacko mags like Rolling Stone, all the hate blogs have disappeared or or become irrelevant. CNN has become the well for a while was the voice of the Democrat Party. They took that away from MSNBC. Because MSNBC fell apart. Let's be honest. They just fell apart. I mean, Chris Matthews walked off the air. Right. And nobody even gave a crap. They're like, eh, well, whatever. Right. This is, a, this is a channel that literally puts on Al Sharpton and Joy Reid. I mean, you got a person on their channel who actively uh, promotes a conspiracy theory in which time-traveling hackers went back and altered her social media posts from a decade ago. And she's, you know, they wow. consider her a, a Rachel Maddow who is really just a, a clone of Keith Olbermann that, like, it? they didn't get the science quite right. <laughs> they didn't put the stem on the apple. They're like, oh, <laughs> this didn't go the way we wanted it to. Well, what are we going to do with this damn thing? Well, I don't know. Let, she'll, the Democrats will take her. <laughs> I mean, MSNBC is, is, a, is a joke, but CNN had been the Democrat Party's organ. Now they're out there flat out doing what the Chinese government wants them to do. And I'm like, okay, fine. I will remember this. You should remember this, too, though. You should remember this, too. When the situation got serious, and again, the the roots, the origins of the situation don't matter. When the when the situation got serious, Trump got to work. Right. Anyway, you like him or not, the reality is actually he's been pretty proactive. They're having regular briefings. 
I mean, daily briefings, mm-hmm. multi-times-a-day briefings. Uh, by the way, they're complaining about that now. You know, for year, for the first three years of the Trump administration, he wasn't talking to them enough. Now he's talking to them more than once a day, and they think he's on too much. Oh, God. I'm like, you guys just do it. It's, it's becoming so they're going to... Trump's poll numbers regarding specifically his handling of this crisis are approaching 60%. You put that into a presidential election, that is a beatdown. A 60-40 split in a presidential election in the year 2020 is the equivalent of a first-round knockout. Right. And they're making it worse for themselves and they don't see it. My concern isn't that they're damaging their own own cash. I don't care what happens to them at this point. In some cases, we were talking about people that I would qualify as enemies of the republic. Right. In some cases, we're talking about enemies of the entire species. I mean, this goes this goes south enough that we end up in one of these like Stephen King, you know, the stand, mm-hmm. something like that. This goes south enough. These are the people that will be gone early anyway. So it's like, okay, you know, you yeah, Brian Stelter from C- Jim Acosta from CNN, Oliver Darcy from CNN. Uh, that that kid that is like you know if Maddow's a clone of Olbermann, he's a clone of Maddow. The the little dude with the glasses, uh, Hayes, Hayes, Chris Hayes. In a real apocalyptic situation, Chris Hayes will be gone five seconds after it starts. <laughs> you ever play Call of Duty? That one guy that gets popped at the beginning of every game because he immediately does something dumb. That's what these guys are. They're so gone. <laughs> They're so gone. So it's almost not even worth listening to them anymore. First blood. First blood. But uh, they, when Trump got serious and Trump, when stuff got serious and Trump got to work, I mean, hell, man, even Andrew Cuomo is like, hey, actually, Trump's handling his business. Right. Hell, even Ilhan Omar. And sh- her loyalties are with Hamas and ISIS. Right. I mean, she is an avowed ally of the Islamo-fascist enemies of humanity. And she's even like, okay, actually, I can't really fault the guy. He's doing a pretty good job. Right. So the CNN's out there going, they're throwing a party and asking about racist names. Yeah, that's great. That's great, guys. You're super helpful. And the economic blowback, of course, you would think would have damaged Trump because, and I'm going to say this to you, if you're a Democrat and you're troll, you know, you're and you're, you know, trolling the program, you're lurking. You're listening to the last pot on the right. You're listening to the other offerings, the other vastly superior offerings at America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio.net. You are, whatever your reasoning might be, if you're listening to this stuff, okay? You remember that uh, you were hoping that the economic blowback from this, as you saw it earlier in the week, they were out there celebrating it. They're like, ha ha, the stock market's lost all the gains it made during Trump's presidency. I'm like, you know, that's people's money. That's people's money. Right, okay, it's okay. Right. You got old people who are watching their 401ks disappear, and you think that's awesome because because Orange Man Bad, copyright 2016, Democrat Party. That makes you a terrible person. You know what? It's beginning to tell on them a little bit. Right. Trump's approval ratings are going up. Trump's approval ratings specific to this crisis are going up. And I I'm telling you right now, the American people are beginning to figure out who the left really is. When this started going south. Uh, the left didn't say, hey, you know, here's what you can do maybe to alleviate the financial crunch on you. They're, instead, they're like, ha ha, you voted for Trump and now you're poor. Right. You know, or ha ha, you didn't do X, Y, Z and now you're sick. Ha ha. 
And I'm like, yeah, we're talking about the potential disillusion of the greatest nation in the history of, of human civilization. But because you hate Trump so much, you're taking, you're literally serving as a de facto agent of the Chinese communist regime. People are starting to wake up to that. I really actually do think that people are beginning to say, hey, you know what? It's, I mean, I get that, you know, I don't, people that are out there on the fence be like, I'm not a big Trump guy, you know, in some cases. Right. Are going, well, look, I maybe wasn't that big a Trump guy, but look at the position you're putting me in. Look at the position. And if you are a Democrat and tell this to your block captain or whatever the, you know, the local cell leader or however your terrorist organization is structured, you look and you go tell them, say, hey, you know what? We're putting people in a position of having to look at November 2020 and say, do I choose the guy who pretty ably, a little snarkily, but pretty ably handled a major crisis or the people that took that crisis as an opportunity to root against not just him, but everybody else. People that cheered when my 401k dried up because they thought it was worth it for me to have to go to the poorhouse so that Trump wouldn't get reelected. Right. People who were overjoyed that the factory that I work in closed down because, yeah, you know, bummer that a thousand people lost their jobs, but at least it hurt Trump or they think it did. And what I'm telling you right now is the way this is going, it's not going to hurt Trump. It's hurting them. People remember that. Look what happened with Hillary Clinton, 2016. She's given Trump the what for. She starts making, you know, she's, she gets too far inside their bubble where they don't listen to the rest of the world. And she starts saying things like basket of deplorables. They start openly insulting everybody who's not already in their fold. And it cost her the election. Right. I don't need to go to Wisconsin. I don't have to acknowledge the people of Western PA, Ohio, Michigan. They're either going to vote for me or not. But if you're a Trump guy, you're garbage anyway, so I don't care. People went, okay, well, I'm going to go vote for him because at least he's not openly insulting me. Right. I was on the fence, but at least he never rooted for me to fail to hurt you. Now here we are in the coronavirus thing. The economy is all over the place. And by the way, kids, don't sweat too much. The economy, when it recovers from this, is going to be... It's going to be spectacular. Let me point out that when this ends and everything ramps back up to fill all the gaps, dear God in heaven, so much stuff is going to be made so quickly. Look at that. The best example I can give you of what's coming after this is over is to look at 1946. Well, go ahead and wait till after Korea. Look at the United States economy from 1952 to 1959 after the World War II Korean War was over. Okay, those eight years. Dear God in heaven, was this an economic paradise? Mm-hmm. That's what you're coming out of a war. Right. All of the stuff that you were either not making or running out of because of the war is now people, hey, you can go get that stuff that you wanted that you couldn't get forever. Right. You know, I don't have to plant a victory garden. I can go back to the grocery store now. Just you wait. The economic boom that follows, and I would call this, at least from a moral standpoint, I hate to use moral equivalent of war because obviously that phrase is, has its own history. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in that case, we are talking about heading toward a wartime economy. And what happens after a wartime economy doesn't have a war? Man, it makes so much stuff. People are going to have some money. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. You just got to get there. And don't listen to the people telling you it's all we're all going to die and you're going to be Poe or whatever because 
they're not looking out for you. They don't care about you. And I think they made it abundantly clear. When CNN is offering you Sean Penn as an expert on disaster preparedness, response, and expansion, then they are not people who deserve your attention. Come on, man. It's Spicoli. I mean... If the only person associated with Sean Penn from whom I would like to hear regarding the coronavirus and or anything else of significant import that's not directly related to movies is Mr. Hand, and he's not around anymore. <laughs> Mr. Hand, I would have I I trusted him. <laughs> yeah, he'd come in that way. He was an expert in a lot of things. Nope. If you never saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you have no idea what I'm talking, nope, who I'm talking sure about. Don't. But trust me, I tell you, it is an awesome reference. It is an awesome reference. <laughs> All right. A um, couple of other things that I wanted to get to. Maybe not coronavirus related. No, it's not coronavirus related at all. But I wanted to get to this. Uh, oh, real quick, I did have one other thing. The new thing that they're doing now, because this just started happening today, the new uh, talking point is that uh, China handled it better than we did. I'm like, well, they started it, so I'm sure they're ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. They're like, oh, you should do what South Korea and China did. You know, They used a sophisticated data mining effort tracking credit card usage, surveillance camera footage, phone usage, to figure out who had it, who might have had it, and go after them. You can't do that here. No. You're not allowed to do that here. And trust me when I tell you, if you do that here, you say, okay, well, under the emergency situation, we're going to suspend the Bill of Rights, and we are going to go through your phone, your credit card usage, your movements will be tracked, and so we can... If you're not allowed to do that in this country, and if you do say we're going to suspend that, so, you know, civil liberties, your right to privacy, because it's important because of coronavirus, when this is over, you're never going to put that genie back in the bottle. You really think you're going to get the federal government to give up that power? No, yeah, good no. luck. Even if they say they gave it up, baby, once they turn that machine on, you can't turn it off. I'm like, did you, none of you people see Terminator 3? <laughs> what happened when the general in the bunker turned on Skynet? <laughs> oh, we'll just do it for a second, and then we'll turn it off, and everything will be fine. You can't turn Skynet off. <laughs> you do what the South Koreans and the Chinese are doing, not all, not entirely successfully, to combat the disease. And you suspend the Bill of Rights in this country in order to do it. I am telling you right now, it is the... It, you might as well just go ahead and flip on Skynet, baby. Let's go ahead and have let's go ahead and have our Terminator lifestyle. Time for the machines yep. to become self-aware. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not entirely certain that. I hate to say this, but I'm not entirely certain that a pretty significant portion of the human population would be better off if we just went ahead and let the machines take over. I won't argue. I'm just saying. I mean, I know that's a, you're not supposed to say things like that. I, in previous generations in this country have dealt with things like World War II. Okay. The Nazis uh, facing down the Soviets. World War One. The Spanish flu, mm-hmm. uh, the Civil War. You go back the, through the, American the history. The Great Depression. The Great Depression. Jim Crow, uh, slavery, the American Revolution, the War of 1812. You look back, every generation in this country until about 40 years ago dealt with a major thing. Well. Right. 
Okay, the baby boomers are, and who are, of course, the idiots that are make that are working for the Chinese now. The baby boomers were the first generation to get handed the ball under pressure and fumble. Everybody before them handled it. Okay, World War II came up, Nazis and the Japanese threatening the world. All right, game on. Before that, World War One, Germans threatening the world. All right, game on. We gonna fix this. Great Depression, it was a nightmare. We came out of it. Tougher even, stronger even. By the end of World War II, this country was the most powerful organized culture in the history of the human species. The United States was the first country ever to be able to take everybody else out in one fell swoop if we wanted to. We have built, since 1776, we have built on every success and every setback to become greater than we were before. No other country has ever had a track record like that. Right. Okay? We get to the baby boomers, they get Vietnam, they fumble the ball, and they get Vietnam, and rather than do what the generation before them did in the 50s after World War II, they went to Studio 54 and did a bunch of blow. (laughs) A bunch. A bunch of blow. And their children, the millennials, are essentially houseplants when it comes to usefulness. People from previous generations dealt with far worse and ended up far better. Now we are turning into the people from Wally. We're oh, fat, yeah. f- yep. stupid, lazy. Uh, we listen to stupid, fat, stupid, lazy people tell us things that aren't true because it's easier, and we get ourselves into the situation that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Now, like we might as well just go ahead. Let's just have Wally, right? You keep in mind, by the way, Wally was really just a cartoon version of the Terminator movie. <laughs> it was. It was. Wally was the Terminator as a happy cartoon. Or the Matrix, maybe. Fat, stupid, lazy people or you yes. know, helpless humans being controlled by and f- and or farmed by machines for their own purposes. I'm just telling you, you know, maybe we should just we're not exactly covering ourselves in glory responding to this. This is a disease which is not as virulent or dangerous as regular influenza, okay? I mean, the reality is, yeah, a lot of people have it. A lot of people have died. A lot more are going to get it. A lot more are going to die. But it's not going to be like any worse than any particular the likelihood is. It'll be like a bad flu season right? when it's over. And it'll be over. But we are, we are treating this like, like Terminator's already started. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well. it's it's that kind of dumb. It's embarrassing a little bit. So I'm like, yeah, maybe we, maybe we should just let the machines handle it because we're not up to the job. I hate to say that. <laughs> Come on, man. I can watch a damn Sean Penn on CNN. Okay, nobody involved in anything. Whoever booked him, his agent, him, the I remember which CNN talking hairpiece yeah, was talking either. to him, whatever, if it was if it was Tater or Darcy or one of the other retards they have on that stupid ass network. Like nobody involved with that is in any way ever gonna do anything to benefit anyone but themselves ever. Okay, so you're watching it, you should keep that in mind. But they're the ones that are pushing all this stuff. And it's all because the Chinese either deliberately or otherwise, did what communists always do and screwed up on something big. Mm-hmm. Or, or they, if my mom's right, they deliber- this is all deliberate. In which case, that's the other thing communists do, which is kill a whole crap ton of people for no good reason. Right. 
which <laughs> they've excelled at at many times in their history. That they have. Or you consider the fact that communism as a functional governmenting, governmental ideal has, has existed for 101 years. Mm-hmm. This is the 101st anniversary of the communist takeover of Russia. Mm-hmm. In that time... What communism has done is pile up a body count greater than even even the Black Plague. Is like, damn, y'all are serious about killing people. Right. So, you know, when you look at the Democrat Party now, that's who they have become. Trump has broken them. I get it. I If you are a liberal and you got to go up against Trump, then, yeah, you're, you're not going to. It's not going to go well for you. I think we've established that. Right. He is going to eat you up, spit you out. Under these circumstances, though, you are actively engaging in an effort to undermine legitimate response efforts. You're endangering the people of this country. Whether or not your loyalties lie here, that I can't help but notice, and I think that should be responded to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rachel Maddow was on MSNB, I think it was last night or this morning, Friday night or Saturday morning. She's saying, I want Trump taken off TV. I don't care what Rachel Maddow wants. No. But it's all over social media, all over the news. Treating this woman like she is someone to be taken seriously and her demands are something to be taken seriously. I'm like, you know, just go loot the 7-Eleven. All right, go do something constructive. You know, lock yourself in the bathroom with the Olbermann and stay there until we tell you to come out. How about that? <laughs> she can't get into the bathroom because Olbermann's still locked in there. All right. I don't want to spend the entire day on 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 this. I really don't. And part of it is because, you know, I don't have any new information I can share with you. I mean, legitimately. You know, we sit here and speculate, well, this is what's happening. This is what we think is happening. I t- when I, on the last part on the right, if I'm going to speculate, I say I am speculating. I always, I'm good about that. Right. We sit here and be like, well, let's talk now about X, Y, and Z. We don't know. And anybody else who's telling you probably doesn't know either. Again, I'll remind you, whether if you're going to go try and hit the grocery store for the last can of tuna or whatever because you're freaking out think about why you're freaking out and who said what to you to get you to freak out and then consider who they are because if it's cnn or msnbc or anyone in the democrat party at best you should assume that they are lying at worst you should assume they are lying because they want people to suffer purely because they hate donald trump they hate donald trump so much they would be willing to let you die Mm -hmm. that's one damn thing take that one lesson away from all this When it came down to brass tacks, what the Democrat media complex has proved in the last 10 days dealing with coronavirus is that they would not only see you lose everything and or even die in order to assuage their butt hurt over orange man bad, trademark 2016 Democrat Party, but they are happy if it happens that way. You will never meet anyone as happy as a member of the Democrat media complex when somebody innocent dies. You suffer, they're happy. That's what it takes for them to make to be happy. You have to suffer for them. You look at Hillary Clinton, you look at Bernie Sanders, you look at Joe Biden, and by the way, anybody seen Joe lately? Uh, when he did his acceptance speech. Yeah, it's been a minute. Or is, is that he won on Tuesday? He's got a staffer who's tweeting for him. And that's about it. Right. I need to help. That's another thing, you know. The presumptive nominee of, of this freak show that I'm talking about here, the guy who's in theory going to be their number one man uh, in a crisis, is actually doing the. He's the only one doing anything useful. He's shutting the hell up and staying home, staying out of the way. Yep. And 
<laughs> when when uh, mom earmuffs, three, two, one. When shit got serious, Joe got going. Yep. And fine by me. The first helpful thing a Democrat media complex member has done in weeks. Disappeared. Keep it that way. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get away from all that. Come to the fall and remember in 2020, this is what, when it when shit got serious, this is what they did. Right. All right, I want to get to the NFL for two reasons. One, there's some cool stuff that happened in the NFL, and we are huge football fans here. And two, I don't want to spend every minute of every podcast talking about the Democrat media complex, Chicom cabal that's forming in the wake of this. Right. Miserable stuff. Anyway, uh, I said this to you earlier. I'm going to say it one more, not during the program. And the hog I know is listening right now because he wants to hear this. Right. Um, he's a Packer backer, but... He's got to be happy that Minnesota got a little bit worse this week. Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo now. Uh, yeah, and Kirk Cousins is there for two more years. Yeah, Thanks two, for reminding me. Two more years of Kirk Cousins. Thanks. Yay! Uh, Thanks. Tom Thanks. Brady going to Tampa Bay. Of, I'm going to make of, a couple. Of course he is, because that's what old people do. They move to Florida <laughs> from New England. <laughs> Of course he is. I can't wait for the first press conference. He comes out and he's got the pants up to his nipples. He is. You know, the patent, white patent leather shoes. <laughs> got to go. Got to get the S&S. Yeah, and he's got, his, he's got his new thing now where uh, he, uh, he only practices till 430 because that's when the earlier bird special starts. Damn right. Um, Tom Brady is not going to do for Tampa Bay what Peyton Manning did for Denver. Uh, no. Nah. Not that Tampa doesn't have some serious weapons because they do. <laughs> yeah, because Jameis have... Winston threw a ton of dang touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean they have a team that can win. I th- they could win nine, maybe ten games with Brady under center. I just think yeah, the guy's forty two years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, look out for the following teams coming up this year: the Cleveland Browns. If Baker Mayfield can play like Baker Mayfield showed flashes of during his rookie season with the weapons they have there now, that team can win ten games. Uh, is you've got uh, you got two All Pro receivers theoretically, you got a brand new tight end who proved last season in Atlanta that he can catch the ball, and you got Nick Chubb in the backfield and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. That's a power packed offense right there. Oh. So look for the Cleveland Browns to look pretty good. Also check out Arizona. Yeah, they got rid of David. They sent David Johnson and some back end draft pick. To Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. What the hell was what? What was? The, I'm I, like, what the hell? Kind of what is going on in Houston? Bill O'Brien. I would if I owned the Texans. Bill O'Brien would have been on the street the next day. Right. Like, okay, you got to go. So uh, they have now in Arizona. They've got Hopkins behind Hopkins. Their number two receiver is Christian Kirk, who is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Kenyon Drake. They still got Fitz on that roster, and he, you know, he can still play for a thirty-eight-year-old. Kenyon Drake is in their backfield. That team can win some ball games, presuming Kyler Murray can be the guy they want him to be. There's always that hitch, right? Look for the Arizona Cardinals to win a minimum of nine games this season. All right. Look for the Giants to continue to suck. Just putting that out yeah, there, yeah. You know, and if you're a Falcons guy, and a lot of our Georgia area listeners are, I know uh, our good buddy, last stop OG P Hut. Todd Gurley, his boy, going to Atlanta. Signed by Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if early if Gurley. The thing I don't know about with Gurley is if his injuries the last couple of seasons more serious than they were letting on. In which case, he might be in trouble. If he's healthy, we have seen in the past because Devonta Freeman proved it. They will give in Atlanta. They'll give any running back three hundred carries. Right. So it's possible Gurley could pile up pile up some big yardage. I don't like their receiving situation. I'm not sure what's going on with Julio. It worries me. Right. Even if he's healthy, he's coming to the end. Right. 
Uh, I don't know what's going on with Julio. Um, Gurley, if he's not the answer, they let Hooper go. I don't know if they have enough weapons on that roster. No, I'm not sure Atlanta. Atlanta. This may be a piece. Atlanta might have. I don't know. I don't. I don't see Atlanta being a big contender this year. Right. Gurley's not going to be enough, even if he's great. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'm just put that out there. A little NFL stuff. It was. It's because we're getting toward. Everybody's moving. Free agents are signing here and there. Oh yeah. Trades are being made. Tom Brady's going to Florida. Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform is weird. That's just weird. I mean, granted, we got used to Den- uh, Peyton Manning in a Denver uniform. We've got used. We got used to Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform. We can get used to Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform. I got used to Brett Favre being in a Vikings jersey. That only happened Hog. for a little. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, oh, so, so, you know what? Sorry, you know what the sorry. Hog's doing right now. He hears you say that, and he says. Brett Favre did a lot more to Packer jersey yeah, than he ever did, did a Vikings jersey, he, monkey boy. He, he damn sure did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He sabotaged us the Minnesota Vikings championship. Minnesota Vikings. We sign you right after you were good. Where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, it's they've always been that one step away. They, I don't see them. Well, obviously they're resigning Cousins. They're not moving to pick. I thought they might go after somebody like Tannehill, but uh, nah. so they let their their number one from last season receiver. Go. He wanted to go there. Well, because he didn't want to compete with Thielen for for touches. Right. Thielen, I don't even know if Thielen's 100% anymore. But anyway, they let their number one receiver go, and then they re-signed a quarterback who has trouble getting people the ball. Yeah, I know. So, you know, Rodgers with the mediocre yeah. receiving core, uh, look for the pack to... Re- to uh, they'll take the NFC Central again. That's it for football for now, my friends. Hmm. I mean, we'll have more after the draft, I'm sure. Hmm. I, we will talk about football any damn time of the year. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else we want to do here real quick? You got anything before we get out of here because we're running out of time? Now, I do want to mention that we are sitting six feet apart. Oh, yeah. Social distancing here in the studio. I've been practicing social distancing for, well, since my divorce. You know, you got to say it as a, as a member of, of, the, of Generation X. Everybody else, you know, the boomers and their, their kids, the millennials, who are all morons anyway, they, they have no idea. Generation X by nature, we're all just like... I don't see where the problem is, man. I never go anywhere. I don't have to I, anyway. I, you know, there. I saw. We don't a, like people. <laughs> I, I, I saw a meme that had like, you know, said said uh, millennials and had well, the screaming girls, and then Generation Z oh, yeah. or whatever it is had the this the people, and then shirt. Generation X was the dude from just the sitting big there, Lebowski smoking a joint, <laughs> blazing up a blunt, and y'all go ahead and handle it. All right, my friends, want to thank you all for being here today. Want to remind you that the Democrat media complex is now actually powered. Chicom regime talking points. If they're talking to you about coronavirus and or anything related to it, and you think for one second their major media or their Democrats assume that they are lying intentionally, put that out there for you. Right. Want to remind you in serious or not, go check out all the other awesome programming at uh, America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio. Specifically want to remind you to check out the new morning show with our boy Rick Robinson and our girl Stacey Lennox. They got, uh, they've got the, the, what is it? The, the Wu flu spew, Kung flu spew every morning at seven o'clock Eastern on KLRN radio. So go check that out and plenty mo, plenty mo cool stuff. Yeah. So go do that as well. Check out our website. Last stop on the right.com. Our Facebook group is open for your perusal as is the Twitter feed at last stop. OTR. I am Ben crystal. I am social distancing. 
still. You had every day. You literally, you had an hour and <laughs> you know, two kinda, minutes to I, come up with that. I, I kind of, I literally I, had I sixty-three it. minutes there. I blew it because you asked me if there was anything else I wanted to say, and I threw that out. And when uh, we got to this, I was going to say, and I am six feet away from him. You scooped your own punchline. I damn sure did. Uh, so well, I'm Mike Abel. And until next week, kids, I remind you: stay happy, stay healthy. Don't trust anyone. Arm up and wash your damn hands. That's what we're saying right here. Until next week, keep it in the short grass. We out!